game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. In the left wing corner to the blue line for Broberg. Across the line at DRNA right wing point. His snapshot scores! Tipped in front of the net. And getting his stick on it was Derek Ryan. And the Oilers are up 3-1. to one. Well, that was a double deflection goal. It's Warren Fogle who gets credit for it. His second of the game. That turned out to be the game winner. And the Oilers win 5-2 in Detroit. So the Oilers now 8-0-1 in their last nine games. Thanks a lot for joining us along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. The Oilers got to five. So I can tell you the Japanese Village Goal Light is on on 630Ched.com. Head there now. Print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite steakhouse. Reserve your party today at jvedmonton.ca. Well, Rob, we were talking while we were watching the third period that both teams had chances in this game. Probably uh, both teams made some errors that they will want to clean up here as uh, as they move forward. But ultimately, the Oilers do just a little bit more. And uh, I know they put it away with a couple goals late in the third, but the second period was big. McLeod scores, Fogel scores 36 seconds later, and then the goal we just played by Fogel, that extended it to 3-1, and that put Detroit in a tough spot. Well, very rarely are the Oilers' big guns quiet. And Leon and Connor were quiet in this game tonight, and other players stepped forward. Uh, Fogel uh, trying to make a case to be in the lineup every night, had a good game. Uh, getting around the net, trying to, to hang out in the blue paint, and is rewarded for doing that. Uh, McLeod, who continues a, a nice stretch for him, where he's been given a little added responsibility, more a little more ice time, and he's rewarded the coaching staff with it. Ryan gets, I don't know if they've given him the assist yet, but he tips the one from DeHarnay on the back end. Uh, so the Oilers in the second period uh, got goals from unlikely sources, and all of a sudden they have a lead going into the third period with nary a point from the two superstars. That is frustrating for the opposition, for the Detroit Red Wings tonight, where they're sitting in the, between the second and third. They're down a goal, and at that point, they'd shut out the top two scores in the NHL. So the, the role players came up big tonight for the Edmonton Oilers. Well, including on the penalty kill. Now, Campbell had a good game as well. We'll talk about him. But uh, the Wings 0 for 5 on the power play. And some crucial times, too, where they had a chance uh, chances to tie it up or get back within a goal. And Edmonton's power play, despite being kind of quiet, does get a goal. You can't really uh, keep them quiet for an entire night. They go one for four. Nugent Hopkins got a power play goal with about four and a half minutes left in the uh, third period. The, the one Detroit goal was kind of like almost a shorthanded goal because it was shortly after one of their penalties expired. But the Oilers able to, uh, to come through there, win the special teams battle. And then Campbell stopping 30 out of 32 so now Campbell took the loss the last time the Oilers lost in regulation time that was January 9th at Los Angeles he came in in relief in that game so the Oilers were trailing he wound up allowing the game winning goal so he took the loss but he didn't get the start he has won the last eight games that he has started and he's played well in them Uh, he looks comfortable he looks confident Uh, and tonight some big saves at big moments. Uh, the Red Wings trying to battle back in the third period have two breakaways. 
I mean, <laughs> you're trying to hold on to a lead at the Oilers, and they give up two breakaways, and Campbell... Two huge saves on those, and those are when you need a goalie to steal a, a steal a point for you or give you that that big save. That's something that Campbell wasn't doing at the beginning of the year when he was struggling. It wasn't like he was letting a lot of bad goals in. He just wasn't stopping any big moment goals. And Campbell did that twice tonight. And because of that, when the Oilers had their next power play, it wasn't to try and take a lead. It was to extend a lead. So uh, Campbell has been excellent. Uh, Skinner, I'm sure we'll see in the next game. And right now. The Oilers have the luxury of having two goaltenders playing very well at the same time, uh, so that now there's no fatigue issue going forward, or there's no controversy. It's simple. Well, you know, we're going to play the, this good goalie tonight. We're going to play the other good goalie the next game. So five-two, the Oilers take it this evening. And you mentioned, yeah, I've mean, given up two breakaways with a one-goal lead. Not, not ideal to nope. say the least, but Campbell made the save. But probably, I mean, it was an entertaining game because there were some times where you saw some skilled players uh, make some good plays. I mean, we saw that cider. What an assist. What a, what a pass on that goal at the end of the second period. But there were some mistakes. Now, of course, that's hockey, and I wonder if some of it, too, was getting going after, um, after a long break. And to reference the Oilers' penalty killing Detroit's power play, I also thought, especially a couple of those in the second period, Detroit, you know, they turned over the puck trying to set up, get, getting the puck in over the line. And the Oilers did have two two-on-ones yep. shorthanded, and McDavid also almost had a shorthanded breakaway in the pass, which is a little out of his reach. Yeah, no, the Oilers had some great opportunities themselves and on some odd man breaks that they weren't able to capitalize on. Uh, part of it was because the Red Wings were... Uh, trailing and, and they were trying to force the issue and when you force the issue uh, sometimes you get caught uh, you know going looking forward instead of looking back so uh, it was not a perfect game by either team but the Edmonton Oilers got the saves when they needed and uh, the Detroit Red Wings didn't and again uh, the, especially teams what has been the forte of the Oilers all season long they had a number of times in this game where they could have extended a lead with their power play and they were unable to. The Detroit Red Wings had a bunch of times when they were trailing where their power play could have tied the game up. They couldn't. And finally, in the end, it was the Oilers with a power play being able to extend the lead. And that was the second goal was just too much for the Edmonton or for the Detroit Red Wings to come back from. So both power plays had chances to be game changers. It was the Edmonton Oilers power play was the one that did. So Nugent Hopkins got the power play goal. He also had an assist on Fogel's first goal in the second period. Coming into tonight, Ryan Nugent Hopkins had three points <laughs> in 21 games against the Detroit Red Wings. Rob, you, you thought he had a chance to double it tonight. <laughs> he didn't quite. He didn't go from three to six. He went to three, from three to five. I set the line at half a point for Nugent Hopkins for River Cree Resort and Casino excitement bet on it. Stewart took the over. We did have some people take the under. Silly Stewart people. took the over, so he wins a fifty dollars River Cree Resort and Casino gift card as the Oilers take down the Red Wings five two tonight. So Edmonton's record 29-18-4. Detroit drops to 21-20-8. They do have playoff aspirations, but they're going to have to win 
oh two thirds of their games, if not yeah. if not more. There's too many tough, good teams. Spot. Too many yeah. good teams in the East for them to be able to do that. They I, they 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 work hard. They do have some talent. They got good goaltending tonight, but there's just too many good teams ahead of them that they have to try and catch. All right, let's go back to Detroit. He's at the mic for Eclipse Restoration, named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. Here's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. Yeah, I thought it was a good road win for our team. Um, you know, I thought uh, there were some positives in the game. I really liked our first five minutes in the game. I thought we came out and asserted the way we wanted to play. The other team pushed back and uh, earned, uh, earned a goal on one of our, um, you know, an, a breakout error. Uh, I thought I, the first, you know, five, six minutes of the second period went accordingly for us, and uh, we found ways to make them pay for some of their mistakes. And then, um, you know, as the game wore on, there was more and more emotion to the game. And uh, we found contributions uh, offensively from some unusual suspects. I thought our penalty kill was uh, outstanding today. And our power play, uh, though uh, mostly ineffective at the start, uh, found a way to get a huge goal for us uh, to kind of seal the game. And... Um, you know, we're, we're going to take these two points, enjoy them uh, on the plane ride, and, and get ready for a Philadelphia team that's going to uh, push us uh, in much the same way. Specifically that physicality, um, is that something you kind of want to see your team get engaged with in a first game coming out of a break? Yeah, I thought, I thought there was some physicality uh, to the game tonight, which is... You know, we can play that game. We have people that can play that game. I thought there was emotion in the game tonight. Um, and, uh, you know, we can handle ourselves in those situations. Uh, but what I really liked, I, I really liked the contributions from some of our depth pieces tonight. I really liked our penalty kill. And as I said, our power play uh, came up big when it mattered most. And I should say this, that I thought our goaltender was excellent tonight. Uh, Warren Fogel, he two goals for him tonight and a couple games ago he was a healthy scratch for you guys and just how how fantastic has he been for you guys for the last few games? Yeah, you know what, I, I'm quite happy uh, with Warren Fogel specifically uh, in the month of January here into the into the month of February. Uh, he didn't play last game and the, it wasn't because he did anything wrong. It was just because we went with a lineup that was 11 and seven and. Uh, one of the things we don't want to do is is make sure that people aren't going to be out of the lineup for too long. Um, I thought he played a great game. It's one of the best games I've seen Warren Fogle play. He should feel real good about himself, and there's nobody more happy for him than his teammates and his coaching staff. Uh, you talked about your goaltender. That was a 5-2 game that could have not been a 5-2 game but it wasn't for two big saves in the third yeah. period. How important were those in just stemming the tide of the yeah, push? I thought they were big saves, uh, but I would say this. Jack expects to make those saves, and we expect Jack to make those saves. And, um, you know, I just think he's laying good, good games down on top of good games on top of good games, and he's starting to build a little personal momentum uh, for himself. And I've seen that here pretty much since post-Christmas, and um, he, he's another guy that should feel real happy for himself. I know the coaching staff and his teammates feel real happy for him as well. Good, thanks, guys. Thank you. Okay, that is Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft after a 5-2 road win over the Detroit Red Wings. Oilers continue to be impressive on the road. Five straight wins. They're 16-7-1 away from home. He was asked a little bit about the the feistiness. I, I don't know what happened last March 15th. That's the last time these two teams played. They don't see each other a lot, but they look like 
division rivals uh, from your era, Rob, when you're playing the same team <laughs> seven and eight times uh, a year. But, you know, Evander Kane was uh, clearly a target in this game. Uh, Clem Costin and Vinny DeHarnay once again proved that if there's a scrum, they're <laughs> jumping right in. So, but uh, at Kulak uh, at the buzzer with was that who was that Fabry. Fabry he was yep. he was with, and it looked like they made a date for next Wednesday <laughs> to perhaps settle that where they they will risk a suspension or something by fighting at the end of a game. Well, that's what's kind of exciting about the fact that these two teams that rarely see each other had a little animosity tonight, and they get to see each other again very quickly. Uh, normally, if there's a lot of spark in one game, by the time they play again, it, it fizzles out because they've played 20, 30 games in between. But with only a week between, there's going to be a little bit of excitement. And I think both teams remember certain players in certain instances in this hockey game where they weren't happy with. So uh, instead of the game slowly getting into a emotional, aggressive nature like it did tonight, it might start that way next Wednesday. I mean, the the Red Wings played with emotion. I think they start some games behind the ball talent-wise against teams they're playing against, but when they bring emotion and energy, they give themselves a chance. And uh, the Red Wings, uh, I thought, played very well in this hockey game. And they're just as... Uh, we heard on the the telecast they're still trying to learn how to win they got some young players on the back or on their team those players are trying to learn how to win uh, when they do uh, this team's got some very talented young players that could push them forward they're just not there yet and there's there's a, the top eight top nine in the east are strong and every year we see one or two good teams not make the playoffs so Detroit right now is hard pressed to be able to make them but uh, I do look forward rarely do you say this I do look forward to the next game between the Oilers and the Red Wings because that was a very entertaining game we saw tonight well the, the one play uh, Kane got cross-checked and every single Detroit player went over to him and either cross-checked him, pushed him, or face-washed him <laughs> to try to goad him into taking something. It eventually did escalate. The Oilers still got a power play out of it, well, but they, were, uh, they weren't they happy with Commander tonight. They weren't. And what you love about that one was it was Larkin, it was Bertuzzi, it was Cider. It was all their skilled players. It wasn't their fourth line out there they were trying to create something. It was all their skilled players, the leaders of this team, the ones that went in there and got a message across. And, and we've seen that many times where it's Connor and Kane and Hyman or Leon on the other side. Uh, when the skilled players stand up for their teammates, it goes a long way. So I thought, again, both teams played well tonight. I think the dis difference in this hockey game was Jack Campbell was better than the guy on the other end. And uh, usually when your goaltender's the better goalie, you usually come away with two points. And I think that tonight the biggest difference in this game is the Oilers got a little bit better goaltending. All right, 5-2 is the final. Campbell, very good. He's the third star. Nugent Hopkins, two points. The second star, Fogel, two goals. He's the first star. We're going to give out the fourth star for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. I'm going to put forward Philip Broberg, who has two assists tonight. He plays 14-12. He's plus two. We, we've really noticed that he, he's becoming more effective, maybe efficient is the right word. And then today... Maybe gaining some confidence because he took the puck in off the left side and, and set up Ryan McLeod for well, a goal. Well, it's funny. You threw the first couple of adjectives out there, and then to me it's that's the next step is confidence. Uh, as a young player, uh, you'll show glimpses of what you're capable of doing, but there's still always that fear in the back of your head, especially he's a guy that's been a healthy scratch. He's been down in the minors. Uh, he doesn't want to go out there and do something that's going to get him on the bench. He wants to make sure that uh, the plays that he makes are always 
the smart right play. And sometimes you're a little hesitant because of that. But what we're seeing more and more, and the one thing that we always talked about with Broberg, his ability to transport the puck, he's, he's fast. He's a big, strong guy that can move well uh, up and down the ice. And we saw, we're seeing more and more of that as of late. He just makes smart plays. He never puts himself in a bad position. Uh, most Swedish defensemen, uh, I don't know it's, it's how they're brought up, the way they play systems over there, but they're very uh, smart and they've put themselves uh, on the proper side at all times. They don't force things. Uh, and that's what we're seeing with Broberg. And again, I know that there's a trade deadline coming up and I, the others would love to add depth. You can never have enough depth in a long playoff run. But I'm not sure that the Oilers and Ken Holland want to bring something in that's going to take ice time away from Broberg. He's been that good. And I don't think if the Oilers do bring someone in, I don't think Broberg's the guy that's going to be moving out because he just gives them quality minutes, smart minutes when he's on the ice. All right, so the Oilers win 5-2 in Detroit. We're happy to hear from you tonight. The hotline is presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way, 780-496-0063. You will also hear from Jack Campbell along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. You're listening to Hartlett Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. A cleared out to the neutral zone, and Berggren will get it. He'll shoot. Oh, what a save by Campbell with a glove. His Berggren came in and had a great opportunity, and Campbell absolutely robs him. Campbell stopping a breakaway in the third. That's the save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Campbell stops 30 out of 32. He's won his last eight starts, and he is now 16-8-1 on the season. Here he is. Continue where we left off, and uh, Troy came out, played a really strong game, and great building to play in. Um, Came away with two big points, so a great way to start the road trip. Is this a game that you guys kind of wanted to play to, to open it up after the all-star break, get involved a little physically, find some depth scoring, and then, you know, obviously get the two points? Yeah, I mean, that's just a great uh, great game by everybody. You know, the PK was uh, outstanding in all the blocks that the guys had in front of me, and, um, you know, a lot of emotion down there in the second half of the game. So a uh, really great game to start the road trip off and get all the juices flowing again. Always a good feeling to get a win here in your home state just and you're also a winner of seven straight just how are you feeling with this win and also just the role you find yourself on yeah you know the guys are playing really well it's always an honor to play the wings you know grew up watching them and uh you know the new building it's it's rocking in there so uh big win and guys just got to keep it going did you have some friends and family in the stands to watch tonight oh yeah i sure did i i'm pretty fortunate i always have people in the building here so can't wait to go see them well, the score made it look a little bit more lopsided than it was. You made two huge saves there with the score 3-2 in the middle of the period. How big were those saves and what did you see on them, the one, the two break, half-breakaway chances? Yeah, I mean, Detroit's got a lot of speed. Um, you know, their forward group is, uh, you know, pretty impressive, and uh, they just found a couple loose pucks, and um, that speed allowed them to come in, and it's my job to keep them out. So, thankfully, we kept them out, and the guys did the rest. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. That is Jack Campbell, now 4-0 and in his career against the Detroit Red Wings. Oilers take it tonight, 5-2. Okay, 780-496-0063. We have Frank standing by. Hi, Frank. Thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Great game. I'm going to give uh, 
He doesn't wear an A on his shirt, but I'll tell you, Kane uh, brings a different kind of leadership to this team. you got to love his edge, his greasiness. And uh, I, I agree with Rob. You don't have to look for the fights, but, uh, you know, when they take liberties with some of our players, you gotta you got to strike back. And I think uh, what he does is uh, he gives uh, the rest of the guys, especially those royal, ro- role and depth players, almost permission to, to get greasy, to get tough. Uh, and, and when those other guys take liberties with some of our boys to, you know, smack them in the face a little bit. And uh, you got to love the emotion that he brings to the game. You, you can tell the difference in the Oilers when Kane's in the lineup and when he isn't. And uh, like I said, he doesn't wear an A on his shirt, but I tell you, he's a leader in every respect. I don't know what you guys think. Well, he, he certainly brings a dimension that the Oilers uh, have lacked. I, I think that they went out and got a Hyman. They got a Kane. They got a Costin. They got a DeHarnay. Uh, you still have Nurse. And the Oilers' top players, the Leons and the Connors, uh, they don't take any anything from the opposition either. They're not afraid to give it back. Leon is as aggressive as any other player in the National Hockey League. If you watch him closely from up top, he... Uh, I wouldn't call him dirty, but I would say that he gets his, he gets gives more than he gets. But yeah, no, the Oilers, uh, they're capable of playing any style of hockey. And come playoff hockey, you've got to be able to play that style. And Kane certainly gives them uh, a little bit of edge. Uh, he plays very close line. Sometimes he crosses it. I, I don't think in a playoff game you want to see him taking a penalty at the end of the second period, punching the guy in the face. But in a game in the middle of the season against the Detroit Red Wings, that's fine. That's not fine in game six of a playoff game. But I think he understands that for the most part. But yeah, no, this was a, uh, a the, the good thing about this game was it wasn't on the back of Connor and Leon. This was on the back of a bunch of other players, and the Oilers are seeing that more and more here in the second half. Vinny DeHarnay is now, well, 8 0 1 in the <laughs> NHL in games he's played. DeHarnay tonight plays 11 14. He gets an assist. He's plus two. Uh, got a penalty tonight in that uh, scrum in the third period. Uh, you know, again, uh, he, he's playing his role. Um, he is strong. We, we saw like, there was a play. I, I missed what Detroit player it was because Vinny swallowed him up right at the end of the game. There was a player going in to intervene with Kulak and Fabry, and Darren said, nope, it'll just be those two guys. I, I think it was Rasmussen because it was a bigger player from the Red Wings that didn't look big once Darnay got him. And there was one behind the net where Darnay had two guys, and he had his arms outstretched, and he was kind of tapping each of them in the face. The man's a monster. Uh, he's played nine games for the others. And as you said, he has not touched or tasted regulation uh, defeat. But in those nine games, he's got four assists, and he's now plus seven. I mean, it's a small sample size, but I've yet to see. And again, I knew nothing about him at all uh, and was very interested to see when he came up. And my expectations, quite honest, weren't huge. I mean, he's a 26-year-old man still in the minors. Uh, What are the deficiencies that have kept him down there? So there's a lot of things I I was looking, but I've yet to see him get beat by one-on-one. I've yet to see him throw a bad pass anywhere in his own zone. I've yet to see him uh, look nervous. I've yet to see him turn a puck over in the neutral zone. Uh, He just... He has a, an incredibly simple game that he plays very, very well. He executes. He executes simplicity. And uh, it's funny. It seems simple, 
but it's not. Yet he, uh, if all the players on the Edmonton Oilers, he might understand his role the best. He does not try to be anybody than he than who he is. Uh, he has taken what has he gotten penalty minutes so far? Three, three minors so far? four minors. He got one. He got one tonight. Oh, so five minors. So he, he doesn't put them in a hole by taking needless penalties. Uh, he's he's good. Uh, he's he's earned his keep. And the Oilers right now. When Yamamoto comes back, and it'll be, what is it, in two games he gets to come Could back? Could play Saturday, yeah. yeah. When Yamamoto comes back, they're not taking DeHarnay out and going 12-6. and six. Uh, he, He's become too valuable. And uh, until they extended the lead to 5-2, Evan Bouchard was sat down the last five, six minutes of the period. And they were rolling with Broberg and DeHarnay because they felt DeHarnay gave them a better chance defensively to, to keep the puck out of the net, which is true. That's your quick change for Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Loop today. Okay, we're going to get to Sir Robert and Tony on the Certainty Hotline. You will hear from Warren Fogle, who scored twice tonight, now up to seven on the season. And uh, you can chime in as well, 780-496-0063. Oh, also tonight, $500 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They are filling the net $100 to Santa's Anonymous each time. The Oilers score. 5-2 victory tonight. Back after the news. Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 630 chair. Here's Bouchard. Couldn't get it out. Rasmussen in front of the net. Hit hard by Nurse. Punt goes to the right wing corner. Nurse up the right wing board. Darnell Nurse delivers the crunch of the game for Cougar Paint and Collision, our family helping your family for 40 years in counting. The Oilers crunch the Red Wings 5-2, two goals for Fogel, one each for McLeod, Nugent Hopkins, and Kane. Nugent Hopkins scoring on the power play. Kane with the shorthanded empty netter. We were just watching part of the basketball game here as LeBron goes for the all-time points record. That, that would have been a three-pointer in basketball for Kane. That was a long range. It was, and it's funny. And It used to be when I played. Now, this was shorthanded, so it didn't matter. But you never would shoot a puck at an empty net from your own side of center. It was a, it was taboo. You don't ever do it. And now it, you're seeing more and more players doing it. I love Rick Talk. It was on TN, or TNT or one of the, whatever show he was on before he got the coaching job. And he says, these are NHL hockey players. If they got the puck on the stick, yeah, you go for the empty net because they should hit the net. Right. And we saw there tonight Evander Kane from an odd angle right in the middle. So, I mean, they had at the All-Star game, one of the things they had, they had the goalie shooting the length of the ice, hitting a small uh, little hole in the middle of the net. It wasn't just hitting the net, hit a That's hole. That's a good point. And Skinner was able to do it as well as, uh, I can't remember, I think Saros did it Saros as well. I think Saros got the other one. Yeah, so a lot of guys hit the plank. The plank. Would have been in which would have been in it. So these guys are good enough. You have a chance to shoot it down on this one. The goalie was pulled. Absolutely, you go for the middle of the net, and Evander Kane hit it. All right, 780-496-0063. Sir Robert is on the line. Sir Robert, go ahead, please. Uh, hey, guys, how you doing? Good. Well, obviously I thought... Uh, I thought the Oilers started well the first first four or five minutes. I thought they looked good, and then I thought then I thought Detroit kind of kind of kind of took over. They were they were the better team. I thought most of the rest of the first period. I was a little nervous. I thought you know I think I think maybe the game sort of turned in the sense of when Fabry tapped one off the post there, which and they they said it on TV that would have made it two nothing and. 
I don't know. I think, uh, I mean, I'm not saying the Oilers wouldn't have come back if uh, if Detroit had, uh, uh, you know, been up two after one. But I think, I think the Oilers just in the second period they got they got those three, and then I thought, uh, I thought they were okay. I was nervous when Detroit uh, got within three two. I thought in the third the Oilers locked it down really well. Campbell was good. He's rolling. McDavid, quiet, still got a point. Dreisaitl, quiet. But overall, I thought I thought it was the depth tonight that did it. And the Oilers for years and years lacked depth where if the top guys didn't do it, nobody did it. So, yeah. obvious. So, you know, I'm happy with the win and we'll uh, take our... Uh, we're take, and we'll take our role into Philly. Yeah, well, I think good points there. And, yeah, the... I mean, Detroit hit the post three times. I, I feel like, okay, we talk, sometimes we start talking about posts as if they were goals. I mean, they still didn't go in. There's a lot of close calls in any hockey game. But that Fabry one, that's, that absolutely should have been a goal. That, that's the one. It's, and it's funny, most goaltenders, well, you, you hit the, the post because that's what I gave you. Right. So, but the one where he hit the post is because he missed the open net. So that's, it's not like he hit the post because that's all that was there. Uh, that's one he, he, Going to wish he had back. Um, but this is a game where the the Oilers don't always have to outplay their opposition. They don't always have to have more grade-A scoring chances than the opposition to win games. The Oilers' top-level talent doesn't need four or five chances to put the puck in the net. So there's there'll be nights where uh, the opposition will have the better of the chances, and at the end of the night, the Oilers will have two points because the Oilers are better. I, I, in the, I mean, in the 80s. The Gretzky groups, they weren't always the better team every night, but they were the teams that capitalized better. And I think that's what you see with this Oiler team. Uh, their execution, and you see it mainly on the power play, but their execution is undeniably the best in the National Hockey League. So there's games where they're, it's a B game. They can still win simply because their players are better and they don't need three or four chances to put the puck in the net. Golden Knights beat the Predators 5-1. Ducks beat Chicago 3-2 in overtime. The Islanders blank the Kraken 4-0. Horvat scored in that game. The Sharks rallied to beat the Lightning 4-3 in overtime. And the Penguins in overtime knock off the Avalanche 2-1. That's your scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. So, the division, uh, Vegas 64 points, Seattle and L.A. both with 63, Edmonton with 62. So, Seattle lost, so Vegas jumps over them. Seattle still has games in hand on on everybody, but uh, fun race atop the division. Calgary had quite a game last night against the Rangers. Very entertaining game. Uh, You know what? It's fun, and you know that I don't really follow the standings much, and no game is do or die yet, but the one thing that's interesting about the next couple of weeks with the games and and the schedule and the standings is where teams fit in on February 24th, February 25th, with the trade deadline right afterwards. So teams at that point have to decide, okay, are, do we have a chance? Is this, do we need to go get something? Are we gonna get a rental? Or are, are we a team, okay, we're done now. We've got these unrestricted free agents, let's move them on. And there are a few teams, uh, the St. Louis Blues, for example. Lost have, five in a row. And they've got a number of high quality players that are unrestricted free agents at season end. Uh, there's gonna be, where do Kane and Taves go, or do they go anywhere? Can someone find someone find some magical accountant that can get Eric Carlson? 
<laughs> and his $44 million he has left over into their lineup. He's going to win the Norris this year. He had three points in that game you talked about. So this, as much as it's, there's still a lot of season left, and the standings are going to fluctuate, especially in the West and the Pacific. But the standings watching for the next three weeks won't be, for me, about playoffs. It will be about trade deadline. Which teams are going to fall out in the next three weeks? Which teams feel, okay, we are this player or that player away from making a move? Vegas has got to make a decision. They've lost Stone for the rest of the regular season. The LA Kings, who have hung around all season long with bad goaltending, do they go get a goaltender? Seattle, do they go try and find a little more depth up front? So it's going to be interesting and fun. And right now, the Edmonton Oilers team is by their play is telling Ken Holland, you know what, we're all in here. Find us some depth going to a playoff run. Oil Kings lost 4 nothing in Saskatoon. They'll visit Moose Jaw tomorrow. Oilers beat the Red Wings 5-2. We have Tony on the Certainty Hotline. Hey, Tony, go ahead. How's it going, boys? Good. I have a question for you guys because it's probably one of the worst kept uh, players right now being silent. I've been hearing about a guy named Jacob Chirkin. Okay, I understand people like him. You know, he's doing good in Arizona for a team that isn't exactly the greatest. But my biggest thing with him is he's a $4.25 million cap hit, right? I understand you can get you, you know, the Oilers could trade away, possibly pull your RV and ask Arizona to keep a little bit of money. But would you guys rather get... <laughs> They're not going to get Chickering for Pugliarvi. You're not suggesting that, are you? No, no, like, I'm just saying, like, you know, if you were to add a couple sweeteners to that. Oh, you're going to need a lot of sweeteners to get Chikrin. Chikrin is a very good hockey player. He's okay, on a very I, good contract with no, term. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just asking about the fact that I'd rather get two or three players who can either be depth or maybe even uh, just a defenseman who, who can take a few minutes off a nurse instead of getting a guy like Chicken where, you know, we'd have to give up quite a bit in order to get him. Well, so if all, and all, things have... being, all things being equal, Chickren's going to help whatever team he goes to. He is that good. Now, as an Oiler fan, I don't know if it's worth what they're going to be asking. The, the ask price for Chickren is going to be huge, and part of it is because of his contract. Uh, in a, in a, where you look around the league, guys, good defensemen are making six, seven million dollars a year. This is a guy making four and a half. So it's good. So it's going to be a huge ask to get him. I don't know if he fills the void that's missing in the Oilers lineup, and I'm not sure he's worth what they're going to be asking for. So I don't believe Chickren will be coming to Edmonton at the deadline. That's just my own thought with no um, insider knowledge on it at all. I just don't think he'll be coming. Yeah, at this point, would you trade Broberg in a first and, no. and something else? No. I, mean, again, and actually, so Chikrin, I don't know if Chikrin's that's enough. Good. Yeah, I don't, well, know no, if, I don't yeah. think it would be either. No, right? but, but no, I... I yeah, because I, then you'd have to still give money away. Yep. So... And yeah. again, the Oilers are going to have to do something about money. Right, and I think, I mean, that's the clarity. When when you say you don't think the Oilers will get Chikrin, you're just providing your, you think you said, you're not saying he's not a good player. Oh, no, I think I he's mean, a great player. I think any team that gets somebody better because they have him. I don't know if that's the what the Oilers need the most. And I don't know if the Oilers are, are capable uh, of making that work. And they've got, and there's going to be a number of teams are going to be looking at Chikrin. And again, because yeah. of his contract and, and term on it, he's going to help a team for a while. I just don't think the Oilers are going to be the team that gets him. All right. We also have Ken calling in, 780-496-0063. Hey, Ken, go ahead. Hello. Hi. 
Halfway through the first period, the color man, I forget his name, said, blank, doesn't take any crap on the ice. <clears throat> but I didn't catch the name that he was talking about. Oh, I'm not sure. I We'd have to, yeah, I'd have to go look at my, my PVR. Was it an oiler or a wing? Yeah, I mean, you know what? I'm not even sure about that. It sounds, it sounds like uh, something you might say about Kane, but... Oh, there's a number of players you could say that about. Yeah, about I, I can't remember who ex- exactly was about. Uh, Ken, sorry about that. Could have been Kane, could have been Costin or DeHarnay, one of the newer guys. Uh, I'm not sure. 780-496-0063. We also have uh, Jonathan standing by. Hey, Jonathan, go ahead. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to mention that I think that the player that the Oilers that would fit best on the Oilers is uh, Eric Carlson. Because uh, I think Eric Carlson would make the third line really potent because he gets most of his points five on five. And uh, when you look years ago in in Detroit, uh, Johan Franzen had 16, I think it was, uh, the last time Detroit won the Cup. And uh, they had Nicholas Lidstrom on the ice. Okay. If you want to go about Carlson, Carlson is the best defenseman in the league right now. He's having a Norris yeah. Trophy win. He, he is phenomenal. The problem is he's got three years left after this year, or four, at $11.5 million. Yeah, that's, that's the only problem, Jonathan. Like, you're right. No, no cap world. Yeah, get Chikrin. Get Carlson. Uh, but, Frank Cervelli uh, yeah. said get Provorov. <laughs> like, but, but, I mean, we just talked well, about how hard it would be to get Chikrin. Well, Carlson makes yeah. almost three times more than Chikrin. Carlson makes $11.5 million. Yeah. And he, he's got, but, but having said that, Jonathan, what – Totally respect what you're saying. What would you be willing to move out? It, like, if you're the if you're the GM, what would you be willing to move out? You know, to get him and make the money work. Okay. Well, right off the bat, uh, between Yamato and Puliarvi, they get six point one million. So if you could move those contracts, yeah, someplace else. But San Jose would probably want players like. Eric Bouchard or Dylan Holloway, they'd probably want a first round. Well, they'd want a lot for Carlson. Yeah. And, yeah, no, yeah. I, I can't see any possibility that the Edmonton Rose get Carlson. Uh, you're right. He would, they would be better with him. I, I just We watched the highlights of him tonight. He had three points in a 4-3 victory tonight, uh, scored a goal and set up the overtime winner. He is having an exceptional hockey season. The, the other problem with Carlson is he's older. And he has been injury-plagued his last number of years. This is his first healthy season. Uh, you trade for him, you got three more years at $11.5 million. Is he healthy those three years? That's a lot of money. That is that is $3 million more per year than Leon Dreisaitl makes. Yeah, Great player. I mean, he's 32. He's not nope. ancient. No, but he's been injured a lot the but, last number of years. And at $11.5 million, I, I'm sure the San Jose Sharks would love to get away from that contract. Yeah, but there are... I mean, yeah, interesting trade suggestions tonight. No doubt that there there are some great players who may move. Mm-hmm. But as as we know, the salary cap has changed things the last, how long have we had it? 16, 17 years. And it's also why, it, you know, a bit of a bigger picture discussion here. It's also why sometimes, well, not sometimes, we, we always see more significant moves in the offseason. Now, yep. I'm not saying that they don't happen in the regular season. But oftentimes, if a, if a big-name player 
who has term left on his contract mm-hmm. changes teams, it's in the offseason. Because then a, a GM might say, okay, we're at the draft. I'm going to give you these three picks. You give me one back in a couple years. Here's a guy. Now I can move because the season's over. Well, and, and a lot of it, too, is you have time. Right. So when you get down to the trade deadline, I mean, the GM is talking to seven different teams at the same time, and they're going back and forth. Then all of a sudden, you've got to make it work. And with all the money and the third team involved in the summer, you can say, okay, here's what we're going to do. Now let's see how we can do it. And you've got sometimes weeks. And you can do combination moves. Yes. So uh, it's tough to make it. Um, right now, though, there's a number of teams. I don't know if there's a, outside of the Boston Bruins who have had an exceptional season. I'm not sure there's anyone out there that in the playoff race right now that doesn't believe they have a chance in the Western Conference. Who doesn't believe? Like Calgary believes they have a shot. Yeah, Carolina's doing great. Colorado. Jersey's up look there. Look at the, the two wildcard oh, teams. Sorry. Yeah, in the West. Look at the wildcard team. It's Colorado and Edmonton. Both believe they can win the Stanley Cup. Those are your wildcard teams. So uh, there's a lot of teams that have belief. In the West, I believe the West is wide open. I really do. I think Dallas is good. Winnipeg's good. Minnesota absolutely owns the Oilers every time they play each other. I believe Calgary's going to make a move at the deadline. They've got a good hockey club. Uh, Seattle is shocking everybody. They seem to be continuing. Vegas always makes a splash. So there are a number of teams that are going to want to do something. And the LA Kings, uh, they've only got so many years left with Kopitar and Doughty. They're having a good year. They have no goaltending. Do they go out and get a goaltender? Because they can score. They just can't. Def- they can't stop the puck. So it uh, it's going to be a fun. I, I, and I think you may see things happen before the deadline. And that's one of the problems over the last number of years, where you and I sit there and try, trade deadline day, and we're talking about the 14 trades that happened in the previous four days. But uh, it, it's fun being a team that is a buyer. And right now we're all here fans of a team here in Edmonton that is going to be buyers at the deadline because they do have a good hockey club. All right. Oilers win 5-2. Warren Fogle scored twice. You'll hear from him when we get back to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. The Edmonton Oilers win 5-2 in Detroit. Two goals for Warren Fogle. Well, Warren, a two-goal performance for you tonight uh, to open it up after the All-Star break. Also a big win for the guys. Just how do you describe that game for both yourself and the team? Yeah, you know, we're just coming off a, a long break like that. Uh, you know, I think there's a little bit of nerves of how the legs are going to be. But, you know, we had some two solid practices before. And, you know, I thought our legs started going, uh, you know, through the throughout the game. And, um, you know, it's a big, uh, big win. And, you know, we got to keep it going on this trip. Two goals for you, but I got to ask you about that one at the back door that you just missed for the third. Uh, what were you thinking in that moment? Did you think you had it, or how do you take us through that, or take us through that one? Yeah, I, I saw Nursey come down, and I was uh, in my head, like, yeah, 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 here, here. Uh, and, you know, he made a great pass, and just one, I uh, I wish I, you know, maybe took my time on that one uh, just because uh, just how close I was to the net, but, uh, you know, we got the win, and that's the most important thing. How do you kind of describe the physicality of that game and how it sort of ramped up as, as it progressed? Yeah, it was definitely an emotional game. You know, the, you know they were physical, we were physical, and you know, uh, we were definitely on our toes, and you know, uh, you know, we're big, big, uh, big smiles on that win for for, uh, for today. Especially coming out of the break, is that a kind of a win that, with the physicality and just being able to get the two points, is that a win that, you know, it's it's great for you guys to start off after the All Star break to to get that one and really galvanizes the team. Yeah, I just think just you know we're we're building uh, building our game here, and you know we got. 
I think 30 games left and you know we just got to continue to take the, the right steps moving forward and you know uh, you know our goal is to is to eventually go all the way and to do that you got to be physical and you know I think that was a good step for our team today being emotionally involved and you know getting the win. Jay's always kind of talked about the numbers game there's a lot of very good forwards on this team and it kind of gets hard to get into the lineup sometimes the last game before the all-star break you ended up sitting but you responded with a two-goal game how important is that on your own part on your end? Yeah you know I think you just try to stay positive you know you try to take baby steps on throughout your, your game trying to achieve many goals and um, you know for me I think you know you're just trying to take it day by day and be positive and you know the, the group of guys here are just great you know uh, when, when those things happen you know they're there to you know pick you up and you know uh, you know you just try to do your best. Does 11 and 7 maybe force guys to even be more selfless in order for the team to have success? For sure you know I think at the end of the day we're here to win and you know everyone in this room wants to win and you know sometimes that's you know some players are going to sit out and you know that's just uh, you know that sometimes that just happens but you know our goal is to win and you know we're fortunate enough that we got the win tonight. Warren Fogle, two goals. Oilers win 5-2 in Detroit, 8-0-1 in their last nine games. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. Next game broadcast is Thursday, 3.30 face-off show game at 5. Oilers at Detroit, presented by Friesen Brothers. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.